Hello and welcome to the Raising Men Show, and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. Men, Chatham, everyone out there in the airways and byways and all them different ways and places. It's an odd day. I I know I usually give the whole Super Tuesday in because I love Tuesdays, right? I know I I love Tuesdays, but I, I have another new reminder of how to love every time and every place and every season and every breath the Lord gives you because yesterday a basketball icon was killed. And by the time the show airs, I guess I probably should need to say two days ago, right, that uh, Kobe Bryant, a basketball legend, icon, father, husband, well, let me do the right order, I should say husband, father, basketball legend, entrepreneur, man, and several other passengers in that helicopter were all killed. The dude was 41 years old, and I don't, I don't know the ages of the other passengers other than his daughter, and then she's 13, and that really kind of brings things really, really close to home. I didn't know Kobe Bryant, so I, I can't say it was that close to home, but what I can say is that for the last 20 plus years of my life, I'd, I'd followed that person loosely from a distance. I, I watched his tenacious, relentless pursuit of a dream and a vision and a goal, and so many people, you know, raged and railed at him for his relentless drive to be the best at basketball, to be the GOAT, right? For those of you who follow, you know, sports at all, the GOAT is not just, you know, an animal, right, that you can get meat or fur from. No, in this case, we're talking about the greatest of all time in the sport of basketball, in his field, in his craft. And I'm not normally a person that does current event stuff and I'm not trying to do a TMZ report and, and I, I even felt some kind of way about posting and I hadn't, I've only posted one thing on my social media about his passing and I've watched a lot of reports and I've tried to stay away from a lot of the reports and I just found myself when I got home at the end of the day and I just sat and I watched as much as I could take of it and not because I just needed to mourn or pass or be saddened by the death of a a group of human beings, a group of people, a group of parents and their children, a pilot, a person who was doing their job. I just, I needed to reflect and get an understanding as to, Lord, you know, what does that really mean to me? How does that really affect my family? How does it really affect me? Yeah, okay, I've, I've been through Death, death has, has come through and ravaged my home, and we're we're in the rebuilding process. We're on the finally on the other side of that tunnel, out of the dark, in the light, you know, moving forward and, and recreating life now in the new image of what we are now and becoming better for it. And I know the Bryant family and our prayers and condolences go out to the not only the Bryant family but to the families of everyone involved who are riding in that helicopter, flying the helicopter, and. I can only imagine the road that they're going to have to now be on. They went from flying over the road to now having to walk that lonely road as they begin to put their lives together. And I had I had thought I had planned, you know, for the season in terms of the, the topics and series titles I wanted to go through and kind of mapped it out and you know, so yeah, man makes his plans, but God orders our steps. So even with getting 
preparing to record for today, I had a different message in mind. I had a different plan in mind. I had a different place to be because this is still, you know, the, the the coming to an end. Oddly enough, we're coming to the end of the first month of 2020. That's scary, man, because we just were talking about the first of the year. And I know I was just excited about having, you know, brought a first message to the beginning of the new decade and talk about the double portion of blessing. And here we are 27 days later, and it's tragic. Tragedy has befallen several homes and people are saddened around the world. And for some people that who's were on just on fire at the beginning of the year, 27 days ago or 28 days ago, by the time this airs for the first time, then now their eyes are full of tears. Those same eyes that were full of expectation, looking towards God, looking for an ex with expectancy or double expectancy in this case being 2020, because we talked about that in shows previous where the number 20 in prophetic uh, in prophetic uh, symbols means expectancy. You're supposed to look forward to something positive happening. No one was looking forward to a tragedy of this type. No one looks forward to tragedy because if we were looking forward to tragedy, well, for one, you'd be you know, labeled with depression and you'd probably have another idea going on if you even left your house or compound as at, at all. And I, I really began to spend some time talking to the Lord about what this was going to look like and, and what this was going to be like and how do I even speak about this? Because I've watched a lot of people post and repost and talk and retalk and share their experiences about the death and the life of Kobe Bryant and his daughter and those people on the airplane. I haven't heard much about the people on the airplane other than the one gentleman who was a coach of Orange Coast College. I'd, I've been to Orange Coast College for a, a different events. My my younger kids wanted to go to a, a YouTuber's track meet there, so I'd taken the kids there to watch, and I was bored to death, to be honest with you, sitting up on the stands, but the kids loved it. But that's a story for another day. But as I reflected upon that, and I had just been railing to the Lord, and okay, yeah, so maybe it was a lamentation moment. I've been kind of having my own little personal pity party, and and I just remember talking to a friend about it. Does it move the needle or would it move the needle of a person like myself were to pass away? If a person, a plain average Joe passes away, but do you have a person of mean status and influence? When they pass away, there's all the attention there. For this, on the same lines, when a person who's saying this, a message of truth, trying to bring light and trying to bring information and trying to bring, how do you say, attention to a cause or a situation, who don't have a very large platform, does it really matter? Do people really hear them? But yet when a person of influence means and has a platform, when they say the same exact thing, it moves the needle. And I, began, I had become frustrated from the standpoint of, wow, they may or may not have had a, few, a moment or two before they even spoke or typed something on their social media or made their video and said something positive about whatever, and millions of people have turned to pay attention to them. But those of us who were in the trench saying the same exact things often find ourselves wondering if there's anybody listening. And, and I know I've, I have had these conversations with other people too, and then you know, you know, we talk about before, hey, you know, you're doing your shows, doing your shows, is anybody out there listening? Do you hear any feedback? And, you know, I've even gotten off air for a year stretch at a time because I wasn't hearing the feedback and wasn't hearing the feedback from, from men, from other people as to, you know, was, was there anything, we, were we getting anything out of the time spent? 
But I'm always reminded that we can't worry about the, the praise of men. You have to be wary of the praise of men. We have to do what the Lord is calling us to do. We have to make sure that every moment in our life matters. We have to make sure that every moment that we spend our lives is doing something for the kingdom. Now, can you really do that in a, in a truthful perspective? Because when you sleep, I mean, you're obviously not doing anything for the kingdom. But, but in essence, you really are. Because you're refreshing your body. You're giving your body the, the rest it needs to be able to do things when you're awake for the kingdom. Giving your body the energy that, in which it needs. You need to give your body the self-care, your mind the self-care, your, your spirit the self-care that it needs to be able to do things for the kingdom. To be able to hear God better, see God better, clear, hear God, smell God, even taste and touch God on the things of God better. So why am I, where am I rambling on with the death of Kobe Bryant and the passengers on this, on that helicopter? The point where I'm at is this, what are we doing with our lives? Are we focused? Do we have a vision? Are we willing to, what are we willing to give up in pursuit of our vision? The one thing with Kobe Bryant I take away from his life, and, and I, when I say the life, I'm talking about the basketball life. I don't, I don't know him, so I don't know anything other in his life other than basketball and what he did with the, making the short film that he made. And I just watched his relentless pursuit. He appeared to have a vision, a place that he saw himself, a dream that he saw himself that he wanted fulfilled. And he went after it with everything that he had. He made mistakes along the way. He learned from those mistakes. He came up short in a lot of cases, but he came out on top in so many other cases. How, how many of us have actually spent time writing down it, what we want from life? Or even this, have we even sat down and thought about what we really, really want? from our lives. There's so often we ramble through life with God, I want this, God, I want that. And those requests that we make of God are not sincere, genuine requests. They're like, you know, based out of our own carnal cravings. I want something to eat. I have a taste for a chocolate shake or I want some Starbucks coffee. I want something else. Those are carnal things. Those are things that just kind of primarily come through your mind. But when you're talking about making a plan, setting forth a, a goal, I had done that about a, a year and a half, two years ago, and I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to lose 25 pounds by a certain day. I planned. I went and got a trainer. I watched every every calorie. I I counted them. I, every piece of food I put in my mouth, I, I weighed the cost. I, I looked at what it took to get down to that. I, I went to the trainer at least twice a week. I, I went to the gym then by myself three days a week beyond that. So I was in the gym five days a week. I, I took in the water that I needed and the other supplements I needed to take. I, I got the rest that my body wanted and required. And I got down. I lost all that weight. Got down to 225 pounds, down from 265. So I lost more than the goal. And when I got to that point, it actually scared myself. Not from the standpoint of being slim, but I remembered what my life was like previously when I was that weight. And it it brought back some memories that I thought I had. <laughs> I, don't, 
I know people won't want me to say that I dealt with, right? But no, I, I came across some thoughts that I had thought I had locked away, securely locked away. But you can't, like we talked about when, with Tamara and Dwayne Johnson just on our last episode, grief is patient. It'll wait for you. You can run and hide. I don't even need to run. It's almost like the tortoise and the hare analogy in the story back in the day with kids. That tortoise is just going to slowly creep along. That tortoise of grief. It don't even need to walk. It's going to wait right there because it knows at some point you'll be back. Because we run around in circles in our lives so often with ideas, concepts, and just frustrations or whatever it is. Because we haven't so often planned out and made a vision, made a dream, written down written down what we want to have, and then start planning towards that goal. In doing the, the thought process of what our goals and dreams are so we can have the mamba mentality. And I, I probably should have at the top of the show, I should have given the, the topic. And we are in now week eight of our Truth and Transparency series, and I'm calling it Mamba Mentality. Because Kobe Bryant, he he embodied the mantra, the, the mantle that he put on for himself as the Black Mamba. Being driven, and I know research dictates that the Black Mamba snake is one of the deadliest snakes known to man. And, not, and he didn't name himself to be that because he was a, a, a dirty person, but he was driven. He had a goal in mind. He wasn't going to let anything stop him. He, he had said at some point he had amassed a plan to get his body and his mind in a position where it could perform at the top position to get to that greatest of all time position in his sport before he retired. When we talk about sitting there and saying, I want this out of life. I want to be this when I grow up. I want to be a writer. I want to be a producer. I want to be a celebrity. I want to be a personality. I want, I'd like to have a TV show. I want to have a radio show that's syndicated. I, I want to have a, I want to have a million listeners. I, I want to have people have influence. I want to have one person that whose life is changed by something I've said. I, I want to be able to give back to those who've given back to me. Lord, I want to be able to say something that you give me to say to impact someone's life, to make a difference and allow them to see something and hear something through my life that helps them turn and not have to reinvent the wheel. It's, it's already round. So when we make sincere statements, or, or sometimes we don't even realize that our statements are sincere, but the Lord knows because he can't move in fear. So our fear-based statements that we make about wanting and desiring those other things, no matter what it may be, whether it be money or houses or influence or, or to be slim or, or trim and to be beautiful or handsome, whatever it is, a lot of those aren't sincere. Those are just talking in the wind. So those words don't actually get any higher than the ceiling in so many cases because they're not sincere. But when we make that sincere request, the Lord responds because he He has to. That's his way. When we when we make a request to him that's out of, not out of a selfish mentality, but just out of a selfless request, a selfless mentality, like, Lord, I want to do this. My heart's desire is to do X. That moves the needle. That moves God's hand. And so then the Lord begins to work on our behalf to say, okay, fine. That being the case, what's next? Do you want? I heard a sincere request. I heard a. I, I heard a cry. 
the woman with the issue of blood. She knew that she could be saved if she could just touch the hem of Jesus's garment, just the, just the bottom, just the, the border of his robe, just a piece of thread that was hanging off of there. Her faith made her well. Some of us have more faith that the thing we're asking for is not going to happen than the possibility of an evening happening at all. I wonder so often if we actually sat down, and I'm, and I'm, I'm in the process of doing it right now, and actually seeking God in terms of what the Lord wants me to do with my ministry, with my voice, with my platform, with the time I've got here on earth. What am I going to do with it? So I'm trying to spend the time asking and seeking, but it requires I have to be quiet and sit still and hear from him in terms of what he wants for me for this ministry. So as we're talking about week eight in our Truth and Transparency series, the Mamba, the Mamba Mentality, we need to be able to have a goal and a vision and a focus as to what the Lord wants us to have. We'll be right back after this message and we're gonna get to that, into that a little bit more right after this. Hey everyone, my name is Eric Tomlinson with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate where we design the sale of your home around you. With our nationwide network of agents, you and your family are at the center of every decision, conversation, and step of the journey to your next home. From hello to congratulations, selling your home with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate is designed to both learn and surpass your expectations. Call me today at 951-970-6727 so we at the Tomlinson Group can begin surpassing your expectations today. We want to work for you. How do you avoid pitfalls that will disrupt your life? My office is very good with helping families protecting assets, building wealth, college flexible plans, tax-free retirement, and so much more. I am John Treese Wells with Royal Financial Group, licensed to help million-dollar families, businesses, and everyone in between. You can contact me at 951-757-4202 or email me at jw.nofamilyleftbehind at gmail.com. I'm about your family. You're listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlo on WKBY 1080 AM. And we're right back here. Like my son, Caden said, thank you, son, for that bumper in- intro, the Racing Men Show. And I'm your host, Craig Carlisle, right here on K- uh, WKBY 1080 AM out of Chatham, Virginia. What up, Chatham? Shouts out to Bible Way Church. Man, I keep saying it. Last, I keep saying that all several weeks. I've got to get back to Bible Way. So I need to make my way back to Bible Way and get back to Virginia. So I need to check my calendar and see what's going to take me through the Virginia area and get out there and fellowship with the great people at Bible Way. So in the first segment, we were talking about finishing up with a mama mentality. It was finishing up with, with asking the Lord what we're going to do next and what we, what he wants from us and where we're going to go from then. And so I'm doing that right now. I'm actually spending some time hearing from the Lord, spending some time listening to the Lord in terms of what he wants for this ministry, what he wants for our time. And if we do that, if we sit back, if we if we spend time listening to God instead of talking so much to God, we'll be able to genuinely hear what he wants from us. Hearing from God is the best thing in the world. Because hey, God speaks in such a in such a unique way for each one of us. It could be our own voice, it could be a quiet voice, it could be really loud or 
for some people I know that it's into, you know, images and pictures or, or, or smells or just, just this feeling down in our gut that we need to do one thing or another. But for me, it's it's an, a very audible term. I I I've, I hear him talking to me more on the right side of my ear, like like as if it was a a good friend just with his hand on your shoulder, list, talking into your into your ear on the right side, telling me what I should do or not do, you know, leading me in a in a way of goodness. And then I I also have that old sweet familiar voice on the other side, on my left ear, talking about what I should do and from a negative standpoint or what I am and telling me about myself. So as I've been spending some time turning to Flee Scott and asking, Lord, what do you want for my life next? And what should I what should I write and what should my goal and vocation be? And I I hear conversations on both sides. You can't do that. You can't be any farther than that. You can't have a radio show. You, you you can't have a TV show. No one wants to hear or see you on TV. It's embarrassing. You have a face for radio. And I've I've it's funny. I've cursed myself for years in in saying making that statement, having felt some kind of way about the way I look. So I didn't do a t- television broadcast or video portion of these podcasts and radio programs. But. I have to cancel those words and break that contract that I have and break that curse because the Lord has created me in his image. No matter what I look like, I don't have to please anyone, but I've got to be proud of what the Lord has made because he made me in his image and his likeness that I was created and fashioned after him. So God, I have to be thankful and I am thankful, God, for what you've done and how you've created and fashioned me. So part of what I'm supposed to do is video that I need to be obedient. I need to listen to what you're saying. Lord. I need to, to, to move myself in that way. I need to be able to no longer be afraid or embarrassed of what people would say about what they saw. And I pray, Lord, that people see and hear you and not me. I, as we're setting forth our plan, Spending time in quiet before the Lord, listening and hearing is, it can be hard. I know it's hard for me because I can be a talker. I talk to customers all day for work and I got a house full of kids and they, they want to talk a lot. So there's also moments when I find myself when I don't want to talk. I want to be, I want to fall silent. But sometimes waiting for God to speak in those silent moments are, are difficult. So, because God doesn't carry on always a, a a two-way running conversation with us, so I have to have that relentless mindset, that mama mentality. That God, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be patient. I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna listen intently for you. And and sometimes you can listen with your eye, you can listen with your ears, your nose, and your touch, and and look for God and where where He is and where the Holy Spirit is leading you no matter where you are throughout the day. I have, you have to be purposeful in that focus. Otherwise, it's easy to become distracted in the things letting our mind run away from us and letting our minds imagine some other things and just begin to either doze off and fall asleep listening for God or, or for praying to God, you fall asleep in the bed and or decide that, oh, I'm just going to think about something else. And, I, and it, as I'm, you know, just as I'm speaking, the Lord's giving me the vision and bringing back to mind when Jesus went away to pray and he took a few of his disciples with him and said, we're going to go pray. Come on, we'll draw you away from the others. And you you, you guys sit here right here and pray. I'm going to go along a little further down and I'm going to pray just by myself. But you all just stay right here. And it was a time when Jesus was, was battling with 
fulfilling his destiny. Jesus had a mama mentality. Okay, people say, what are you talking about, Craig? How does Jesus have a mama mentality? Okay, he exemplified a mama mentality because when Jesus knew that it was time for him to fulfill his goal of being here on earth, fulfill his destiny, and die for our sins on a cross, getting whipped by that, ugh, I don't even want to think about it, but, but, but that cat of nine tails. He already knew what was before him and the pain he was getting ready to endure. He already knew and, and the, 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 the fleshly side of him, the man side, the human side of him was like, no, dog, I'm, I'm good. I don't, I don't want that. I, I, don't, I don't want to go and feel that pain. We're about to have some pain here. And he, Lord, he had, to, he had to draw away. I can imagine, and I'm going to sensationalize this, I'm going to crickalize this whole situation right here, and, and, and imagine Jesus having a conversation with the Lord. Talking about, hey, all right, God, all right, Dad, check it, check it out. You for real want me to die for these people that are ungrateful, stiff-necked, they're non-repentant, they don't talk to you, they, they're all about themselves. You created these people, then why don't you come and die for them? And, <laughs> imagine Jesus telling God, his Father, telling himself, right, you come down here and you die for these people. You want to save them. And the reality is he did come down for us in the body of Jesus as a man. But that the manly side of him was like, I know what you got ahead of me, God. It's just I don't want it. I don't want the nails in my arms and my wrists. I don't want the nails in my ankles or lower leg. I don't want that to be beaten by that th- and can't say a thing for real with as much power as I have. God, can I just wipe them out? Can I just can I just wipe out all of all of my enemies right now? Can I just not have to go through? I've got all power. What if why if I've got all of the power in the world in, in in the universe that's ever created? I've got all the power that will ever ever be needed. Why do I, the most powerful person, have to go through all this? Lord, come on now. I, I don't need this. Jesus had to have the focus, the singular focus on what the mission was. What was the plan? So God had already made the plan plain to them that you're going to, I'm going to create. So before, going back even before man was created, God and the angels created all the world and all the stars. And then he created man in our own image. I can imagine Jesus being there with him saying, okay, I got you. We're going to do this. And I'm sure there was a conversation what the plan was going to be because if Jesus is God, he already knew that man was going to fall. And he already knew that he was going to have to one day come in the form of a man and take this pain and all of our sins and come back to heaven. But when, and I'm sure it was easy for Jesus to have that, that heavenly and godly mentality when he was in heaven with God. Because there was no need. He didn't have the fleshly part. He didn't know what it was to not want. He didn't know what it was to not be obedient. He got into this raggedy body that we have with the free will that the Lord gave us to to pick and choose to to speak things into existence and to have to wrestle with our minds and listen to the enemy talk on one ear and to the Lord speak on the other ear and then choose to try to follow him. I'll put it to you this way. If I had known before I was born what I was going to have to go through at any point of my life, not to mention seven years ago when my wife passed away, 
But let's say it six years ago when I'm watching my kid laying down on my neighbor's front porch because he can't breathe. He's doing CPR on my child. I didn't want five and a half, six years and a half years ago to have been watching my son pass out in front of me on the toilet, sweating. And I'm carrying his lifeless body to a place where I can lay him on the floor and do CPR on him. If I had known that I would watch my child have a trick to put in his, be intubated, and his, let a machine breathe for him, and be flown in a helicopter, huh, it's funny how helicopters come around again today, to a hospital where I couldn't ride in the hospital, in the helicopter. I had to ride in my, I had to, had to have my own transportation. So I had to trust them to take my child away from me and then circle back with him. If I had known then, if Kobe Bryant had known that he had gotten on that, on that helicopter that day with his daughter and his other friends, if he had known he'd only had 41 years to live, if my wife had known that she would have had cancer for almost 15 years, had five kids, and have gone through paralysis and all the other pains of chemotherapy and radiation treatment, to die before watching her sons graduate. If my father had known that he'd bury his wife after 40 plus years and then he'd have to grow old by himself in those retirement years, those golden years when you think you could sit back with the with the one you left after you got your kids all out the house and they're all doing well, and realize that you're by yourself, then you begin to lose your faculties. If he had known he had gone from, was going to go from a brilliant PhD writer in all things God and be reduced to a guy that didn't know the time of day, would any of us done it? There needs to be such a focus in our lives on the goal that the Lord has for us that nothing else matters. Because we know that the goal, the gift, is really what it is, the prize that, God, that the Lord has for us. All right, we'll be right back and we'll talk more about this. You're listening to Craig Carlisle on the Raising Men Show on WKBY 1080 AM. Who you hire as your realtor matters. You need a realtor who looks out for your best interests and not their own. Marie Clark with Allison James Estates is a full-time realtor, specializing in helping first-time homebuyers in Temecula and the surrounding areas. She is also a ministry leader. Today, why don't you choose Marie Clark to buy or sell your next home? Please call 951-265-6259. 
This is Craig Carlisle, the host of The Raising Men Show, and I'm also an executive producer of the independent feature film Restored Me. It's a powerful, feel-good dramedy that centers around a young man trying to restore his relationship with his young daughter and her mother after his wrongful incarceration. This film speaks to restoring your faith and pushes a bold message of positivity and motivation. The cast includes Gary Owen, Bill Duke, Will Young Lee, Matt Gerald, Richard T. Jones, Malik Yovo, Yancey Arias, and both Casper Smart, just to name a few. Restore Me is available on over 100 digital markets, including iTunes, Amazon, and on demand from your local cable provider. Buy it, rent it, either way, I'm asking you to watch it. It'll bless your life. You're listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlisle, on WKBY 1080 AM. And we're right back here. Welcome back. And we're continuing in our third segment, talking about the mama mentality. This is week eight of our Truth and Transparency series. And the Lord's really got me on this this focus and because I, I, I've got to be focused. I'm, I'm, I believe that I've got less years in front of me than I have behind me. Okay, I'm 50, so I, if the Lord allowed me to live another 50 years, bless God, I'll, I'll take it. And I pray, Lord, I bless myself with healing, with health and healing and restoration and long life, long healthy life. I, I bless myself with strength, power, and, and wisdom, knowledge, understanding. I, I, I bless myself with those things and so much more. But the unfortunate part also along the lines is I've waited to 50 to try to push this hard to get through. And it's easy to say, well, yeah, you've had some challenges, bro. You've had some, all the things that have come along the way. You know, life has happened. I understand that. But even along the way, I needed to be focused. Now, yeah, I did focus on my family. We were, you know, we did our best as a family. But now we've, we have a new understanding. And I know that's all a part of life. Along the way, we have to be able to take our failures and make our failures part of our story and part of our focus helps us refine who we are. It helps us understand that there are certain things in life or many things in life that really aren't important. Helps us really understand that there's a purpose in life that's greater than any one of us. Yeah. Greater than the sum of our parts. Yeah, exactly. We have to be able to understand that. And I think when you look at the, the tragedy that has befallen the Bryant family and so many other families that were on that helicopter, it helps us, re- helps us reflect on where we are. And, I, and I'm positive that, that of this one fact, that we're only given so many days. The Lord's already ordained our steps. He's already figured out where we, not necessarily every decision, because we have a, we have a free will to change you know, and delay what the Lord's going to do for us, but he already knows where we're going to be in that swing. So he already knows how many days he's going to give us, how many breaths, how many hours, how many grains of, or how many strands of hair we're going to have. Those people who died on that that aircraft that day, no matter their age, those were all the days they were going to get. Even if they had decided by some oddity that they weren't going to fly that day, they were going to take a car, or they were not going to go at all that day, or whatever, that was the day for them, whether it was going to have been death in their sleep or something, some other tragedy. That was it. That was the day. That was the appointed hour. And fortunately or unfortunately, that was their way. 
the focus we need to have in our life is what are we doing with the rest of our life? What are we doing with our days, the days of our lives? What are we doing with our focus? What are we, what are we doing with our hopes and dreams? Do we have some things in our mind that, that we believe the Lord should or we want the Lord to do for us that we're not willing to do for ourselves? The Lord gave me a thought a couple of days ago where I was like, God, I, I, I need to know and hear from you. I need to, I want this. I was just really kind of lamenting what I wanted from life and not getting. And the Lord just reminded me very clearly, spoke to me on my right side, like I shared in the first couple of segments, that you can't tell me what you want to do if you're not going to get ready to do it. You have to be able to have a vision and a goal of what you want to do, what you believe the Lord is giving you a prompting to do, and then you have to get up and do it. You have to be singular, singularly focused on doing that one thing. You've got to have that mama mentality to get out and do it. So if I want to have a if I want to have a radio show that's, that honors God and that is successful in the eyes of God, then I have to be able to record. I have to choose to record. I can't just lay in the bed sleep. I can't just lay on the on the bed and watch TV all day and binge watch different types of media, streaming media channels or, or cable TV or watching sports. I, I have to be able to spend time before God in his presence and and, and praying and fasting and, and reading his word and, and listening for his voice if I want this to be effective. I have to not be afraid of who I am and to share what my experiences are and the, the good, the bad, and the ugly with other people, other men, so they can learn that, dude, that, that wheel's still round. And if you do that, this could happen to you. Well, not would, but could. It happened to me. That's all I know. I could share my story with you, with them, with someone. I have to be able to dream again. As we're talking about dreaming, goals, vision, vision cast, and vision boards, life coaches. Some people have some feel some kind of way about life coaches. It doesn't matter what you feel about anything. You just have to feel good about yourself and move forward. Life coaches, counselors, psychiatrists, psychologists, therapists, or people that help you get yourself together. People that help you shape your vision. People, they're really people who are focused and we're paying time to focus and listen to us rant rave and kind of get our thoughts sorted through figure out where we are in this whole thing because and in, in in the real sense they're really god with flesh on right because we believe sometimes we believe more than people than we do in god and i get it because we're not having conversations where god has this ongoing dialogue with us and in our sleep sometimes the Lord will speak in a dream that may give you impressions and feeling as to what you're doing and or should do or or the, the, the reason behind a situation or an advanced warning about something to come. But the Lord doesn't have this, sit down with you and have this two-way conversation in all cases. But for those miraculous times, oh my gosh, just relish and enjoy those. Oh, those are wonderful. But for right now, the bulk and the greater part of our days are spent in quiet wonder and amazement where we may hear the breeze go by or a car drive by birds chirping you may get a call from a friend who may give you such an amazing word or you may have gone to a church service and may have gotten a prophetic word or the pastor's message was greater or you may have had a word you know conversation with their children and we actually listen to something where our children may have said that changes our life. 
I had one of those recently. Talking to my 16-year-old Caden, and we were just, you know, ranting and raving about life, and I was on one. I was just, I was just there, and we were just, you know, just sharing life stories and just trying to solve the issues of the world in a car ride. We were talking about his dancing and has raised renewed interest in excitement about dancing. And I told him, I said, man, it makes me wonder if, if at our one church we were at, if we hadn't had the issue with those couple of pastors and, you know, if we hadn't left their ministry and their dance ministry and they hadn't shut down the ministry, their dance ministry, where would you have been with that, with dance? And I was, I was frustrated. But my son reminded me quickly. He says, yeah, Dad, but we can't be mad at the past. Oh, man. I so wanted to be mad at the past. We can't be mad at the past. We have to keep moving forward. And he was right when he said that to me. And in our moving forward... We've got to be focused to not allow ourselves to turn back to our past and get caught up and stay there. So we need to reuse that and adapt and acquire and have a mama mentality about our lives, about every aspect of our lives, about our minds, keeping our minds fixed on God, thinking those things that are goods on our good report, focusing on those things, focusing on the fruit of the spirit, focusing on forgiveness for those that we, that we need to forgive and focusing on asking forgiveness to those that we need to ask forgiveness from. We need to focus on being great men and women of God and we need to focus on those things. We need to be focused on what our tongue says and being focused on, and on what we say because our life and death is in the power of our tongue and I'm going to reap the benefits of that harvest, good or evil. We have to have be relentless in our pursuit of being great people. Not just great people on earth and by, by, by earthly standard, but great kingdom-minded people, great parents, spending time with our kids at the sacrifice of ourselves. We have to be great with what we're doing. We have, to, we have to really understand what the Lord wants us to do, even with spending time with our kids. Let's go, okay, let's go back to the Kobe Bryant story. Some, I know, I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time rehashing it and dicing up and dissecting that tragedy. But let's think about it. That dude was 41 years old, retired at the top of his game. He's now number four in the scoring of NBA history. I couldn't imagine the, the amount of money he's made and still had and was still making. But he was still active. He, seemed to, he, he, he had the mentality of being the best on court and he seemed to carry it, into, carry it over into business off the court. Because my kids and I were talking about it and some other friends and I were, I were talking about it. Who takes a helicopter to a kid's AAU basketball game? If that's not living your best life, I don't know what is, man. I don't know. I don't know what is. So even having the relentless mama mentality about having your best life and how you're living it out, you got to have that too. 
relentless at spending time with your kids, fathers, getting to know who your kids are and having your kids get to know who you are. Not just from being the rule-based warden that tells you what you can and cannot do. What we got to be able to be that guy that listens. We have to be that. We have to be just as relentless in learning about our kids as our kids following the rules. I can't be over the top with clean the kitchen, clean the floor, pick up your room, pick up your room. If I can't listen, understand, well, why didn't you do it? What was going on that kept you sideways today? They may be kind of sad about something or feel some kind of way about something that's going on in their lives. We have got to be relentless in our pursuit of our children. We have to be relentless in our shaping of our lives and setting the example for what we're supposed to do next. We have to be relentless in everything that the Lord has put in our hands. The death of that young man has given me another reminder. I don't know. I don't know how many more reminders I needed just to kind of finish last year, start this year. And, but I want to use every one that the Lord gives me because I, if I want to be who the Lord wants me to be, then I've got to use these flags and these nuggets and these examples as reminders. Because that day, a couple of days ago, when those eight or nine people passed away, because people pass away every day, every moment of every day. And that's one thing we don't get. Just because it's, this was a high profile tragedy doesn't mean there aren't tragedies daily with people losing their loved ones. And we just need to understand that every moment of every day could be the very last one. So I always try to remind my kids and remind myself that whenever I go out to do something, whenever they go out to do something, whether it be basketball, volleyball, going to the house, going to the market or whatever, it could be the last time that we ever do that one thing. So we've got to do it to the fullest. So there are no regrets when we can no longer do it anymore. All right, I'm going to do this last break. And we're going to really take this thing home and, and really remind ourselves that we've got to have that mama mentality about everything we do. It's a lifestyle. Right here on WKBY 1080 AM, you're listening to The Raising Men Show. And we'll be right back. Hey, everyone. My name is Eric Tomlinson with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate, where we design the sale of your home around you. With our nationwide network of agents, you and your family are at the center of every decision, conversation, and step of the journey to your next home. From hello to congratulations, selling your home with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate is designed to both learn and surpass your expectations. Call me today at 951-970-6727 so we at the Tomlinson Group can begin surpassing your expectations today. We want to work for you. How do you avoid pitfalls that will disrupt your life? My office is very good with helping families protecting assets, building wealth, college flexible plans, tax-free retirement, and so much more. I am John Treese Wells with Royal Financial Group, licensed to help million-dollar families, businesses, and everyone in between. You can contact me at 951-757-4202. Or email me at jw.nofamilyleftbehind at gmail.com. I'm about your family. You're listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlisle, on WKBY 1080 AM. And we're back with our last segment. Thank you guys for riding with us this whole time. As we're closing out this segment, you know, I always like to try to give tools and ways we can help, you know, make some sense out of, what we're doing and how to how to put some practicality together with the concepts of, of each of these messages. And when I was bringing my my thirteen year old home from from a friend's house, I had to kind of think through you know 
in developing the tools. I was like, God, I don't have any tools to give. I, I don't, what, am, what are we going to say here? And I was really searching for what we needed to, to know. And I asked my son, I said, hey, what do you think about the death of Kobe Bryant and his 13-year-old daughter? You, you realize that you're 13, she was 13, she's dead and you're still living. How does that impact you? And I, I, I had been hoping that even leading into that question that he would have already been able to draw upon the death of his own mom and, and was able to use that as, a, as an example, as a place to draw strength and place to draw you know, some solace from him to plan for his life. But when he gave his response, I was, I don't want to say I was heartbroken, I was disappointed, but the Lord reminded me when he said, I have to realize, Dad, that life is short. And if I want to be the best at anything I want to do, be the best basketball player or, or whatever, I got to put in work. I got to work on my shots and I got to, you know, get my cardio up. I got to, I got to work. I got to, I got to do it, whatever it takes to be the best. And I can't worry about anything else because she was 13 and she won't even be able to do it again. And I just have to remember that. I was like, but dude, we've been working on that for seven years. But again, like I said, the Lord reminded me as he said it, that young man is 13. You subtract seven from his life when his mom died, he was six. All he was dealing with at six was the hurt and the pain and the loss of his mother. He didn't have a clue of what any symbolism or what anything meant. Only thing in his life that he knew was that there was pain there. And so I had to understand, I was like, God, where are we with this thing? And why does it take this one event to jar something and help pull some things together? But the Lord was reminding me that he will send his signs at every point along the way to get our attention. He loves us that much that he would do anything to get our attention. And so this is just another example of the, the death of Kobe Bryant and the his 13-year-old daughter and the other six people that were on that helicopter for those eight lost souls. Those are examples to us to remind us of the fragile nature of our lives. It was a time to remind us that we need to get ourselves, I don't want to say right, but yeah, because you use the old church phrase, yeah, we need to get ourselves right with God. Yeah, we need to make sure we understand that what are we doing here on earth? What are we doing with our time? I, I share with my son too, as we as after he gave me that response, I said, "So we need to make sure we understand what are we doing for people? What are we giving back to community and society? What are we teaching people about our lives? If we were to die today, would there be anybody sad because we died? Would there be anybody that needed to hear from us and were looking forward to seeing us beyond just the immediate people in our home? And and I think." Obviously, it starts with that, and, and that's what it always needs to start with, but it can't end there. There's so many people outside of our homes that we need to impact, but the, the truth is, at the same time, if we're not making an impact at home, we're never going to make an impact outside of our homes, because if you can't lead in your home, you can't lead outside. If you can't leave anything good to say at home with some words of wisdom there, if you're not going to open your mouth and speak life there, then you're going to be a hypocrite if you're trying to speak life outside of your home and lead someone else's kids, lead someone else's family, do some good in someone else's home, rebuild someone else's home if your home is in shambles. 
as I sat there, I even asked the Lord, how do we do such a thing? How do we develop a mamba mentality? Three things came to mind readily. One is that it starts with belief. Man, we got to believe that in every situation that we can do it, that we can survive, not just, just exist and survive and breathe through the tragedy and just be there with the rubble laying on top of you. But no, we have to believe that we can actually survive, thrive, and be successful all the way through that thing and be able to have a testimony that, that this example is not or of whatever issue I'm going through is not going to be the end for me, even if it does result in a death. But I have to be able to think and know and believe that everything I'm going through is for God and from God. And I have to believe that Romans 8.28 is still applicable, that all things work together for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. And so if I don't believe that, if I don't believe that the tragedy that I'm going through, the pain, the sickness, the illness that I'm going through is for a greater good, then I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be able to get up off the mat. I'm not going to be able to stand. I'm not going to be able to speak when I'm hurting the most, when I'm the, the most tired, when the situation itself has me physically and mentally wrung out the most. If I don't believe in God and what his reasoning for whatever we're having to go through is, we're not going to be able to survive it. And sometimes our, our belief is that God ordained it for this season of my life, and that's all I need to know. We're never going to understand the full the full plan of God because until we get to the end, until we get to heaven, when he explains us that how all of these events came together, how did Kobe Bryant's life dying and his wife and his child dying and all those other people on board that helicopter dying, how did that figure into the, your grand plan? Well, it may have been for this one moment, for this one conversation, for the several conversations that we need to have with our children that I've had with my sons. Maybe that's how it all fits together. So we understand that though some people may look as if they've had everything in the world, that they don't have everything because God's got it all. And he's allowing us to have an opportunity to live it out, to live out our lives according to his plan. Now, some people don't live according to his plan, and don't live a positive life. Okay, but he gives us opportunities to continue to do that. Those who may be looking at their lives after the death of these 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 people, they may be thinking, man, I need to get right. Maybe I need to live better. Then that's a part of the plan. Another part is that we've got to set some goals. We've got to spend some time in the presence of God, listening to him, asking him, preparing for the answer, and do what he says to do. To follow after that goal, to relentlessly push and pursue what we're supposed to do. The goal is important because it's, it has to have a why. So I kind of jumped ahead there. So when you're setting a goal, your goal can't be for someone else. It can't be a goal that's external to you. You, you have to have the why that I want to help people because if this is the passion and burden inside of me. This is what it means to me for for, for my efforts and for my Strength and for my effort, my what do you call it? My um, yeah, my work to benefit the following people who've experienced this kind of tragedy, this kind of loss. You have to have a why because when times get tough, when times get confusing, and you come into those roadblocks and you're already wrestling against your belief system. So, as you're starting to believe, you have to. Couple your belief with the why. Why am I believing you're going to do this? Okay, God, oh, you're going to do this because there's someone out there that needs this. Why, why do I keep trying to 
who do radio shows and, and, and blog posts and other types of positive things with spending time with my kids and, 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 and being out of social media and being active and, and doing public speaking and helping other, helping people because I don't want another men to have an excuse, an experience like I have where they don't didn't see any place where they could get some help. I want to be able to build a structure, build a place where men could come from all aspects of life to see that they can make it, to see and witness a a word of hope for their lives. And the last part is we've got to put in work. People talked about Kobe had a relentless work ethic. That boy was in the gym at 4 a.m., not leaving the gym until sometimes, you know, midnight or whatever it took to get that done, to become the best. We've got to be able to put in that same kind of work to foster our belief system to achieve the goal because it just doesn't happen overnight. We're gonna, not going to lose weight if we don't eat right and, and put in the exercise that we need. We're not going to be able to become great speakers and, and writers if we don't spend our time practicing speaking, whether we're speaking in mirrors or speaking in radio programs or podcasts. We're not going to be able to become great writers unless we write and read our writings back and then read writings from other people and be a part of workshops and different areas of our life to train us to become better. We've got to be relentless at all costs and we've got to be unapologetic about that goal, about that pursuit and about our faith. There's so many other social groups out there that are just relentless in what they do. They want us to believe that what they do is the most important thing and they keep it in our face, they keep it in our face, they keep it in our face. We have to be the same way. We have to be, as Christians, that much, yeah, that bold about what we are, what we do, that confident that what God has given us to do is is that much more important than anything out there. If we don't do that, we're going to make the devil out to be the champion. We have to stop believing the fact that it's not going to happen, and we've got to believe the fact that it's going to happen. We've got to set that goal, and we've got to put in work. You've been listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, Craig Carlisle, right here on WKBY 1080 AM out of Shannon, Virginia. If you missed an episode, you can always catch us on TheRaisingMenShow.com. That's TheRaisingMenShow.com. WKBY 1080 AM. We keep blessing you.